Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Some of the things that he was explaining was just so simple, but it was truth that just hit right home. He's changed my life. He's changed my walk. I have a hunger for God now that I've never had before. And this is just the beginning. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Again today, I'm sharing a teaching that I've entitled Eternal Life. I'm offering just a single CD on this, and I'm offering it as a free gift. You can call in, and whether you give us anything or not, I'll give this to you. You can also go to our website, and you can download this or listen to it right there on the website. But I said this earlier in the week, that if I only had one thing to share with people, if I only had one shot, at people, I think I would share with them what I put on here about eternal life. And as Jesus defined that in John chapter 17, verse 3, says, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, who you have sent. And eternal life is not just living forever. It's not just having, you know, the benefits of salvation. It is knowing God knowing Him in an intimate, close, personal way. And sad to say, this is not the message that the church has been preaching. The church has been preaching that you're going to go to hell. I used to, you know, when I first got turned on to the Lord, I was raised in church, and even though I fell in love with the Lord, you don't just instantly get your mind renewed. And so I had a desire to tell everybody about the Lord, but the way it had been modeled to me was just basically telling people about hell. You're going to hell. And so when I got turned on to the Lord, I actually went into, uh, uh, into bars and we would pass out tracts. I had these tracts printed up that says what you must do to go to hell. And then you open it up and it was totally blank on the inside. And you turn it over to the back page and it says, that's right, you don't have to do anything because you're already headed to hell, you sinner. <laughs> Repent or else, turn or burn. That's another track that I had. Repent or else, turn or burn. I printed these things up and it was all about hell. You're going to hell and the reason you got saved was so that you wouldn't go to hell. It is true that because of sin, people do go to hell and that they need to repent and that Jesus will save you from going to hell. That is all absolutely true. But did you know that that's not what Jesus came to do was to save you from hell? And I know some people right there just thought, well, you're a, you're a, a cult. This is apostasy. Yes, that is what he came to do. That's part of it. But according to John 3, 16, this is the verse that I've been using all week. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish, but it didn't put a period there. It wasn't about just not going to hell. It says, would not perish, but have everlasting life. And I've given you three or four scriptures where it talks about everlasting life is a present tense reality in this life. And it will be completed and even amplified when we go to heaven. But right now, John 3, 36 says you have eternal life. Now, John chapter 6, verse 47, he that believeth on me hath eternal life. Not is going to have, but has it now. And as defined in John 17, 3, eternal life is knowing God and Jesus Christ whom He has sent. Talking about an intimate relationship with God. So I've 
I've been saying this in different ways all week long, but if you came to the Lord and asked for your sins to be forgiven so that you wouldn't go to hell, and if you believed, then according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, with the mouth you make confessions unto salvation. And so if you've done those things, you are born again. I agree. But according to John 3, 16, getting your sins forgiven is only part of it. He wants you to enter into this intimacy with him. And I know it was my experience. I was born again when I was eight but I was 18, 10 years later before I had an encounter with the Lord where I really began to experience God on a regular basis. And I'm still growing in this. It's not like you ever obtain. You never arrive. You just leave and start moving in this direction. But there's people watching this program that you are born again. If you were to die, you'd go to heaven, but you don't have an intimate relationship with God and you aren't even moving in that direction. You think that's something reserved for heaven. You think that you just have to muddle through in this life and just cope the best you can. No, you can have a vibrant, intimate relationship with God to where you, he's your best friend. God wants that. And I know that there are many of you watching this that say, oh man, I wished I could have that, but you just feel too unworthy or whatever. I've got a lot of other teaching that'll go into the fact that God looks at us in the spirit. When you get born again, your spirit is righteous and truly holy as Jesus is, so are you in this world. I've got a lot of teaching on that. I'm not gonna go into that right now, but God loves you and God wants to fellowship with you just like you are right now. And if you ever get to where you experience that, it just, I don't know how to describe this, but it just like, it's, a, it's like a bubble round about you. You know, I'm just like anybody else. I have problems. Uh, we've, we've had some major things come up in just the last few weeks. And I mean, things that could, in the natural, would have traumatized me and have done things. And yet, it's just like I'm in a bubble. You know why? Because I've got a relationship with God and I go and talk to the Lord about it and God assures me that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper, that I'm going to come out of these things. God's going to protect me and take care of me. And it's because of that relationship and the Holy Spirit encouraging me and building me up that it causes me to react differently. I remember when I was in Vietnam and I had just had this experience with the Lord, March the 23rd, 1968, where God revealed himself to me in a supernatural way and showed me that he loved me. And I was just so on fire and in love with God that I, had, I won't take time to go through the whole thing, but I went through an experience where I could see the Vietnamese coming up the hill. I could see the muzzle fire from their weapons. We were in a very small area that took over a hundred and something mortars in just a brief period of time. And I mean, people were dying all around me. And you know what? In the natural, I could have been fearful. I could have been traumatized. I could have had all of the things that you would imagine. But you know what? I was just so in love with the Lord. I was thinking, oh, Jesus, this is great. I could see you before the day is over. And I was, I knew 
that I had a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit was just encouraging me and I was just having a wonderful time and I was actually praying for the Vietnamese who were charging our position. And I was saying, Father, if I die, I know where I'm going, but these people, and I was praying and interceding for them as I had my M16 pointed at them. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have fired. They were too far away. I didn't have to, but I'm saying that I would have if it would have come to it. But I can tell you, I was praying for them and I was just feeling love and joy and thinking about Jesus. This is awesome. I could see you before the day's over. I know many of you are watching this and thinking you are weird. Well, I think you're weird. You know, this is what Paul said. He says, I have, I'm in a straight between two things. I have a desire to depart and to be with, with Christ, which is far better, but I know that I need to stay here for you. And he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, but I'm going to stay here for your benefit so that I can minister to you. Paul had this uh, attitude. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. If you are born again, if you have made Jesus your Lord, did you know that every one of you have that same power available that like Paul, you could be so excited about heaven that if if somebody threatened you with death, it'd be all you could do to restrain yourself from just hugging them and thanking them because, man, to depart and to be with Christ is far greater and you're just staying here because you feel like you've got work to do. Did you know we can get to that place, but you aren't going to get there just reading about it. You have to experience God. That's what eternal life is. God is wanting you to experience Him, to get to a place to where you just are living in this bubble of God's love. God is with you. And because of it, it changes everything. You know, I'm thinking of the 24th chapter of the book of Luke, and this is where two of Jesus' disciples were going to Emmaus. That's about a seven-mile trip from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And they were walking there the day that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And they had heard a report that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, but they were walking along and they were sad, thinking, how could this be? And Jesus himself came and started walking with him, with them. And yet these people didn't realize that Jesus was with them. It says that their eyes were holding and anyway, finally, when they recognized who Jesus was, immediately their sadness was gone. Immediately all of their fear was gone and joy. It says our heart burned within us and they ran back to Jerusalem. They told the other disciples that Jesus had appeared unto them and everything changed when they realized that Jesus was with them. I'm telling you, when you understand that Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you, when you have this eternal life to where you can not only just intellectually know it, but on a heart level, you know that God is with you. He's with you. It doesn't matter what men do to you. Nothing can happen because God himself is with you. When you get that revelation, it changes things. And I know some of you, again, think I'm weird, but I think you're weird to have this access to you. This is the purpose of salvation. Not so that you would perish. He removed that barrier of sin, but so that you could enter into a relationship where you have fellowship with God that is so satisfying. It's impossible to be depressed. 
knowing that God is with you, focused on that God is with you, experiencing God with you. You might be able to quote the scripture and say, God will never leave me nor forsake me, Hebrews chapter 13. But man, if you are living it, if you're experiencing God with you, then it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what you go through. And I know, again, some of you are thinking, well, that's not true. You can't live that way. Let me give you an example of Paul in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. And Paul had seen a man in a vision saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. So this was a God-given vision. He knew that he was doing what God told him to do. And so he went into Macedonia, wound up going to Philippi, which was the major city in that area, and he met up with a lady named Lydia who God opened up her heart. And anyway, they started seeing people born again. But within just a matter of days, uh, the people got upset with Paul and they laid hands on him. He cast a demon out of a girl who was using divination. And so the people who were making money off of her went to the magistrates and they accused Paul. And so they took Paul and Silas into prison. They beat them and put them into prison. And look what happened when they were in prison. It says in verse 23, this is Acts 16, 23, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And so this was a prison. You know, today our prisons have televisions in them and internet and just all kinds of things. This wasn't one of those kind of prisons. This was the very innermost part of the prison. It was like the dungeon. And later, when the Philippian jailer came to rescue them, he had to ask for a light because there was no light in there. And at midnight, that means the darkest part of the night with no light whatsoever, they were in a filthy, stinking, rotten prison that I guarantee you didn't have good hygiene any of those things, their feet were in the stocks, their backs were beaten. I mean, they could be complaining. I can guarantee you most of us in that kind of a situation would have been complaining. And look what happened to Paul and Silas. It says in verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Man, this is amazing. At the darkest part of the night, you know, instead, most of us would be thinking, God, you sent me over here. You told me to come. I saw a vision. And yet here I am just a couple of days into being here and I'm beaten. It looks like things didn't work out. Many people today evaluate whether what they're doing is, you know, something that pleases God by how things go. They, they think that if God really wants me to do something, then he'll just provide all of the money that everything will fall in line. And they, they look at circumstances to dictate to them whether or not they're doing the right thing. Paul said it was just the opposite. He said, a great and an effectual door is opened unto me, but there are many adversaries. I don't believe that we should use circumstances to dictate to us what we're supposed to do. But... If you were to use that as an indication, it's probably more accurate to say that if everything is going against you, that you're probably in the center of God's will, rather than to say that if you're in the center of God's will, everything will just automatically work out. 
We shouldn't let circumstances dictate to us. We hear the voice of God and we just do it. But Paul, here he did what God told him to do. And because of it, his back was beaten. He was in the dungeon, darkest part of the night, feeding the stocks. And they started praying and singing praises to God. Man, that is awesome. And you know, I hadn't got time to go into this, but there is a teaching where Jesus came into Jerusalem and the people were just crying out and saying, Hosanna, glory to the king that comes in the name of the Lord. And when the scribes and Pharisees heard it, they got mad and they said, you need to forbid your disciples. They're worshiping you. And he says, if these should hold their peace, the very rocks should cry out. And then he says, haven't you ever read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise? That was a quotation from Psalms chapter 8, verse 2. And it says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. And so Jesus didn't change it. it. It was a commentary on it. It's not a contradiction. It just is a further amplification. So by putting that scripture in Matthew chapter 22 together with Psalms chapter 8, verse 2, you see that praise is strength to still the enemy and the avenger. So when you've got your back against the wall, one of the greatest things you can do is start praising God. Second Chronicles chapter 20 shows about three armies that came against Jehoshaphat, the king of Israel, and he set the praisers in the front, not the people with the sword, but he set the choir in the front and sent the praisers out to fight the battle. And when they came over a hill, they saw that these three armies had wiped each other out down to the last person, and it took them three whole days to haul in all of the spoil from that battle. And they never shot on an arrow. They never lifted a sword. They just started praising God. Praise is powerful. And some people might say, well, the reason that Paul and Silas then were praising God at midnight, they were doing spiritual warfare, and they were doing this so that they could get out of this situation. Well, I, I admit that praise is strength to still the enemy and the avenger, but look at this. It says in verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. You know what this was about was that if a Roman centurion who was watching over prisoners, if the prisoner escaped, well, then they would be killed for it. And so he knew that with all the prison doors open, he just assumed that all of these prisoners had fled. And so he was going to commit suicide because he knew that he'd be put to death. And Paul, he couldn't even see this, uh, this uh, prison guard. And yet he knew what was happening. And so he cried out with a loud voice, don't do yourself any harm. We're all here. Not only was Paul still there and Silas still there who were believers, but these other people who were prisoners. I mean, they could have been murderers, rapists, thieves, people that didn't have a relationship with God, but none of them left either. And you know, all of the prison doors were open and all of their chains fell off of them, and yet not a single person left. And I believe it's because it says up here, it says that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. If you look this word heard up, in the Greek here, it means that they hung on these words. These people heard 
Paul and Silas worshiping God in a situation that nearly everybody else would have been griping, complaining, cursing God. And they were worshiping God. And because of it, the prisoners had experienced the presence of God in that prison more than they ever experienced out on the outside. And they were willing to stay in the prison, to stay close to this anointing and presence of God that they felt. And and think about this. This is really important. Paul and Silas weren't just singing so that they could get out of that situation because when the earthquake came, the doors opened, their chains fell off, they didn't leave. Now think about this, how novel this is. They weren't praising God to get something, to get out of a problem. They were praising God because they really loved God. With their backs beaten and in the stocks and in the prison, in the dungeon, in the dark, they were praising God because they really loved Him. And let me just say, brothers and sisters, I'm not saying this to condemn anybody, but there are multitudes of people watching this who you are born again. If you were to die, you'd go to be with the Lord. But in a bad situation, you wouldn't be praising God because you love Him. You would be talking about how bad your situation is and stuff. And it's because you haven't experienced eternal life. I tell you, there's been some times in my life where people have treated me badly. I have been run out of town on a rail. I have been kidnapped. I have been threatened to be killed. I've had a lot of things happen to me. And I can tell you in those times that God's presence was so powerful and God telling me that He loved me and that He was going to take care of me, that it was nearly worth all of the rejection of everybody else just to feel the acceptance of God. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you that you can have a relationship with God that when everybody else forsakes you, God will never forsake you. You can have a relationship with God that will just fill you up so much that it doesn't matter if anybody else appreciates you or not. You can experience God. That's what the Bible is calling eternal life. And this is what these scriptures are saying that Jesus died to produce. Yes, he died to forgive you of your sins, but that wasn't the end result. That was just a barrier that he wanted to remove so that you could have an intimate, close, personal relationship with Jesus. And if you got your sins forgiven, but don't have this intimate, close, personal relationship with Jesus, you're missing out on what He really came to do. And it doesn't just start in heaven. He wants you to have it right now. You can have eternal life right now, not just when you die and go to heaven. God wants that for you. Man, that's powerful. I encourage you to get this teaching. This could really impact you. It's my free gift to you. No charge to it. You simply call or write and ask for it. You can go to our website and you can actually listen to this on our website or you could download it, MP3, and listen to it. But I would love to have you get this teaching on eternal life. I think it would make a tremendous impact on you. It certainly has me. And this is what salvation is really all about, is about eternal life. Not in the future, but eternal life right now. Relationship with God, knowing God, and Jesus Christ. Listen to our announcer as he gives you some information and then please call or write today. Andrew would like to offer his complete teaching titled Eternal Life in your choice of either a booklet or a single CD as his free gift to you today. 
This offer is limited to one free product per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Go to awmi.net to order your free CD or booklet today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open 24 hours a day, Monday through Friday, and from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. To write us, use the address on your screen. On March 23, 1968, Andrew Womack received a dramatic revelation of God's unconditional love and grace. Since then, Andrew has shared this nearly too good to be true news with millions of listeners worldwide. With his daily television show reaching 4.4 billion people worldwide, Andrew's message is changing more lives than ever before. He's expanding the vision through Karis Bible College, which has already discipled thousands of students around the globe and continues to grow every year. To learn more about what God is doing through the ministry, visit awmi.net. You say in the name of Jesus, I'm not going by what I see. I go by what the Word of God says. There's more than just this physical realm. There's also a spiritual realm. I don't care what this looks like. I know what God's Word says. The doctors told me it would be a year before I would walk normal. I was being killed by a cancerous tumor. I was told my wife would not leave the hospital alive. My name is Teresa Hotelling, and I'm from Woodland Park, Colorado. I was told that I would never recover from Sjogren's syndrome, lupus, or thyroid disease. For years, I had tried everything, medical treatments, holistic treatments, even lots of prayer, speaking, and commanding, but nothing seemed to work. That's when I enrolled into Karis Bible College, and my focus shifted off of my symptoms and onto the finished work of Jesus. In just a matter of months, I received my complete healing after sitting under the word at Karis Bible College. And today, several years later, I am still walking in that complete healing, and I am not alone. I was walking normal within a matter of weeks, and today I am in full-time ministry. Today I am cancer-free, and I'm living life to the fullest. My wife's miraculous recovery shocked all the doctors. Because people like you partnered with Andrew Womack Ministries, we have all been given our lives back. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, but there are still millions of people out there who need the same truth that set us free. Won't you please help us get that message to them? Please be a partner with this ministry today. Become a partner today. <laughs> You know, you may not know these people, but I know every one of these people that you just saw them give a testimony. And I tell you, Jesus changed their life because of our partners. If you've not yet joined with us and become a partner, I ask you to pray about it and join with us today.
I tell you, I'm excited. God is going to do something special during these meetings. I felt that he was just speaking truth. The perspective is so different, it's so new, and the, the understanding runs so deep. You have to get to where you believe in the power of words every moment of every day. When you start speaking to your problem and commanding it to leave, that's when you start seeing great things happen. I know that he gets before the Lord and there's always a freshness. There's a today in time word. Andrew's teaching and the love that he has for God's word and truth, it is the gospel truth. Yeah.